his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. Oh, darling, darling, darling. It's Chris and Amy show on KMOX, and it's Thursday morning after the 1030 news, which means it's time to visit with our guy, Major Garrett. He is the chief Washington correspondent for CBS News. His book is The Big Truth, Upholding Democracy in the Age of the Big Lie. And he's got a couple of really great podcasts, The Takeout and Agent of Betrayal. Major Garrett is with us this morning. Good morning, Major. Good morning. How is everyone? Well, we're glad that you don't have AT&T. And, oh, man. And you're, you're able to, to get through to us. Yes. I guess you've had some dial-up issues this morning. Uh, there have been some problems around the country. Yeah. It's it's good that you're accessible and uh, with us. Hey, I want to start with the the news of the um, FBI informant, which we've mm-hmm. been following over the last 48 hours, which seems to be a pretty big deal that yes. you've got this guy who presented this evidence in the, um, the Biden uh, probe. And mm-hmm. that evidence appeared to have been fake and he knew it. So what what exactly is going on here and what's the reaction been? So if you remember about a year ago when there was a lot of conversation about Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley unveiling a confidential source report in relationship to the Biden investigation, there was a lot of conversation about why would you do that? Uh, confidential informants, uh, by their very nature, traffic and information that needs to be confirmed at many different levels before anyone can even begin to make a prosecutorial decision let alone do you think you can use that credibly before a jury to win a conviction to so many steps in the process. Back then, Senator Grassley said it was of such enormous public interest that all the previous and precedential hesitation about releasing a confidential report didn't really matter because it was so important and so explosive and so important uh, lawyers would call it probative, meaning it's of such value that the public simply had to know about it. Well, as the kids sometimes say, that hasn't aged well, okay? Because the source of this document was this person who is now being charged by the Justice Department. He has due process rights. He has to be convicted, but he is charged with lying. And then in his custodial interview, after being charged, said, well, you know what? This came from uh, Russian intelligence services, or much of it was informed by 
Russian intelligence services. We don't know all the facts on it, but we know enough to say that it's a lie and that it might have been a structured and intentional lie inserted into the American political bloodstream intentionally by Russian intelligence services. That puts at least a portion of the Biden impeachment investigation on, and this is being charitable, very, very rocky and unstable ground. So where do we go from here, Van, with this investigation and inquiry? Well, uh, Republicans have it. They have an inquiry. They have two committees, at least, looking at it. One committee or another, at some point, is going to have to make a decision about writing up and putting before the committee articles of impeachment, if there is evidence sufficient to require that. This takes a lot of potential evidence out, or at least casts it in very, very dubious light. So you can't have an impeachment process on the House floor without articles of impeachment passed by a committee of jurisdiction. And whether that committee of jurisdiction, whether it's judiciary or some other committee, can put the evidence together, write the articles of impeachment, and actually pass them in committee is an open question, because the committees are narrowly drawn because the House majority-minority ratio is so narrowly drawn. So if there are any Republican defections in committee, they can't pass them out. And that's very much an open question, because some Republicans look at this and say, I was okay with launching an inquiry, but that did not commit me to voting for articles of impeachment. And so articles of impeachment are a very high-profile vote. There are tremendous constitutional implications and political ones. And if you don't have evidence, some Republicans are not going to back them up. So the next question is, can you write articles? Can you get them out of committee? And even if you get them out of committee, can you get a majority of the House to vote for them? And right now, the House Republican leadership can find very few things, quite separate from impeachment, to get a majority of the House to vote for. It'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Meanwhile, James Biden, uh, the president's brother, he testified behind closed doors. What do we Mm -hmm. learn? Well, uh, that he told the committee investigators that he did not do anything on behalf of his brother, the president of the United States, and that there were now look, this is what has been said. I don't know. I haven't reviewed the transcripts. I wasn't in the room. Um, but essentially, he provided testimony consistent with what the president has said and the president's defenders have said that there was involvement with other entities, some of them foreign. The president didn't benefit, didn't order, didn't intervene, didn't act as a agent or a a guarantor of anything. Um, And so that has been the sum total, I believe, of the summaries of what he told the committees. Satisfactory to Republicans? Probably not. But again, in this space, you have to have evidence sufficient to write articles and then get the votes to pass them. And we're not there yet. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. 
Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yesterday, Joe Biden canceled more student debt, $1.2 billion mm-hmm. of student loan debt. They're now saying that the Biden administration has canceled $138 billion in federal student loans. Obviously, we know the Supreme Court had their ruling saying, well, you can't mm-hmm. just wipe out all debt. So Joe right. Biden is going bit by bit. Is there any um, pushback to this, to the uh, approach that the president is taking? And does all of this seem like it will stand? So I don't know if anyone's going to file a lawsuit over this. Um, a lawsuit was filed over the larger effort by the Biden administration, which was on kind of a shaky constitutional ground. And the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. The law, the law that you're using, the law that you're citing doesn't provide these authorities. Congress never intended them and you overstepped. And so we're going to knock you down for that. These are different applications of other laws in which the executive authority does appear clearer or at least more tightly aligned with congressional intent. So someone may sue, but the Supreme Court may side with the Biden administration on this. You can't take their, that is to say, the White House's assurances that it's constitutionally on the up and up because that's what they said about the last one, which the Supreme Court knocked down. But after the Supreme Court knocked down the big effort, The White House said, we're going to try as best we can in whatever places we can in however bite-sized chunks we can to address this issue. It was a huge and visible campaign promise. It is one that they are trying to fulfill because they can't get legislation out of Congress, and they're trying to do it through whatever administrative powers it can assert aligned with original congressional intent, and they say that's where they are. After the failure to get that Senate border bill into the House Mm -hmm. and even to a vote on the floor of the House, which uh, by all indications would have passed the House Mm -hmm. of Representatives, but it never got there. um, The president is considering executive action at the border. How is that playing right now in Washington? So one of my colleagues here at CBS, Camilo Gavas, uh, Antoya, has done some reporting on this, and he is reporting that sometime next week there will be executive actions from the administration on tightening some asylum procedures at the border. And this would be an answer to what Republicans in the House particularly have always said to the president. You don't need legislation. You can do some things by 
executive action, which is true. But many of the things that are now being considered by the Biden White House are as restrictive as things put in motion by the Trump White House that were challenged and blocked in court. And this is where people need to step back and understand. Yes, there are executive powers, but they are not universal and they don't go as far. They can never go as far as legislation passed by Congress and signed by a president. They're fundamentally different. And by the the construction of our country from its origins, we wanted fewer executive powers in the hands of the presidency and more in the hands of Congress. Why? Because the founders believed Congress through the House and Senate would be more responsive to the people and the president more responsive to executive powers. And you keep those narrow and those broader ones in Congress, that's more equitable. It's a better arrangement. So, yes, a president can write an executive order, can do things with that power. But they're, A, challengeable in court and much more vulnerable in court than legislation is. And legislation will always cover more parts of it in more places because the powers given to Congress are broader than powers given to the president. So, yes, there can be executive interventions, but legislation would be better. That's why Senate Republicans and Democrats work so hard to create a bill pass a bill, which for now, House Republicans are ignoring. So yes, the White House will do some things. Will they be as effective and as long-lasting and as resilient to court challenge as something that had been passed by Congress? No, they won't. Major, how much of this motivation to take executive action is because of the sheer numbers at the southern border or because of the many different nationalities? We're talking China, halfway across the world, people coming Mm -hmm. um, 40-day trips to 10 different countries to get to the Mm -hmm. southern border into the U.S. How much does that kind of change the game as far as national security goes? If if, uh, those in the audience haven't seen it, uh, I recommend a piece that Sharon Alfonsi of 60 Minutes did about Chinese nationals coming through holes in the border wall. Um, It's a great piece. It shows how easily they navigate. It talks about that long journey through many countries and what they had to pay to get there. There's a hole in the wall. They just walk right through it over and over and over again, every day, day after day after day. It's a great piece that sort of illustrates at a very human level and a geographic level this particular problem. It's mostly the numbers, Amy, to answer your question. It's the numbers and the, the political enormous political backlash that the White House is dealing with on this issue. That's why the president was so willing to make compromises in the Senate, compromises that would have been, as we've discussed before, inconceivable even six months ago in order to address this issue. That legislative outcome doesn't appear possible any longer, even though the Senate passed it. So he's got to use executive action. And then he will talk about, well, this is what I'm doing, but I could do so much more if Congress would help me out on this. And I will tell you, Democrats are trying to turn up the heat on this and say to Republicans, look, if this is such a big issue, if fentanyl is so dangerous, if the numbers are so terrible, why won't you deal with it? Now, the House Republican response is, why would we pass a law that we don't believe this administration will enforce, which is the whole allegation against Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, which is why the House Republicans impeached him. You don't enforce the laws that are already on the books. Why would we give you more laws that you that you would or could ignore that's the divide and that's the one the divide that does not appear bridgeable between house republicans and the white house
that just seems ridiculous. So then no laws at all. You're not going to well, enforce I mean, them. I mean, what, that, so, 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 I mean, and that's a great, and I'm so glad you raised it that way because that is the answer back. Look, two years ago or two and a half years ago, the political winds were not blowing in your direction. Now they're blowing in your direction, House Republicans. You've got the issue. You've got the prominence. You've got the visibility. Now you've got the legislative remedies. Do you honestly believe this president and the Secretary of Homeland Security, with all those things now being a given, the politics, the legislation, the imperative, a re-election campaign, they're not going to do these things? And you don't think you would have the power to monitor that and highlight it instantaneously? Of course you would. So if you really, really genuinely wanted to solve the problem, there does appear to be a legislative mechanism. But that currently is not alluring as the political cudgel of the issue. Who is on the takeout this week? So there's a guy in the House of Representatives named Patrick Mahenry. He got uh, quite famous uh, unintentionally. He never wanted to be this famous as the temporary speaker. Remember while the Republicans were trying to find whoever that could yeah. be the new speaker? The guy with the bow tie. Got rid of Kevin Lucky, <laughs> the guy with the bow tie. Yeah. So he's known for the bow tie, but he should be known for far more things. In his earlier life in the House Republican leadership, he was the chief deputy whip, the number one vote counter, one of the smartest, shrewdest people understanding how legislation gets across the line, whether or not there's going to be a shutdown, can the Ukraine aid be passed? All of that is addressed. The really sharp, bright conversation from a guy who knows which way is up, and he's, he's, he was fun to talk to. Looking forward to hearing to it and looking forward to speaking with you again next Thursday. Thank you, Major. Thank you. Major Garrett, Chief Washington Correspondent, CBS News. He's got the book, uh, The Big Truth. He has the podcasts, The Takeout and Agents of Betrayal. They are all available on the Odyssey app, just like our show is. A-U-D-A-C-Y, the show live and the podcasts later. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.